Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What is the greatest WrestleMania card of all time? I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick, to help form the best WrestleMania card ever, as voted for by you. We're going to have eight matches on there that you've been voting for for the last few days, uh, including a grudge match, celebrity match, and of course, a main event. But let's start in an obvious place, Sidge. The opener, um, the two options you've got here. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10, or Triple H versus Daniel Bryan from WrestleMania 30 that you were in attendance for. I was, and I'm therefore conflicted because I think narrowly one match wins, but I was in attendance for the other, so I've got this like really nice, nostalgic, emotional attachment to it. One thing going in the favor of the match that I didn't attend live is that there wasn't someone behind me at WrestleMania 10 shouting relentlessly, Use your special. <laughs> Why don't you use your special? You'll win. By this like really casual, drunken fan behind me. Uh, I, I honestly met loads of fantastic pro wrestling fans in Cardiff, but I think everyone's got an experience of going to a wrestling show and having yeah. something like that happen. But I know sold it because I was just so into Daniel Bryan's bloody journey. The match was great. It was perfect as well. Catharsis for someone who's not necessarily the biggest Triple H fan because Triple H had his best WrestleMania match ever, and it was Daniel Bryan just... And Triple H selflessly, willingly, for bloody once, worked his match, put him over as only he could. But I'll never not think that Bret and Owen is the best opener. An opener is an art unto itself as well. Um, I think Triple H and Daniel Bryan was a WrestleMania main event that happened to go on first, mm. whereas Bret Owen was way more of like an opener, a tone setter, a little bit shorter. Um, and just the escalation of the story is just sublime, always will be. It's a technical match at a world-class standard between those two. And just Bret hammering that clothesline as if to say, don't. Don't be a little prick. I don't want to fight you. And then the fight, and it's just the best. Disagree? No, I don't. Um, I do love that these matches have been the two that have been chosen by the viewers here because there's a nice comparison of the babyface knowing full well they have to wrestle again later in the night 
should they get through this in one piece? Mm. Obviously, Daniel Bryan has to beat Triple H, but that's his mindset going into it. Meanwhile, Bret Hart knows that the main event is in sight. They've got to wrestle this with a view of winning, but also not getting injured. They've got to be give their best selves, knowing that later on in the night, they're going to have to do that all over again. And they're kind of the perfect baby faces for it. I'm really conflicted when it comes to WrestleMania 30 in a situation like this, because I will do my level best to keep Triple H off this ultimate card, but appreciate that Daniel Bryan deserves a space on it. So it does sort of break my heart in that respect not to vote this in. But Bret and Owen is a very special match to this day for fans that lived through it. And I think it has aged really well in the most recent years where Bret Hart's work in particular has been lovingly paid tribute to by lots of wrestlers currently in AEW and indeed in WWE when he was back on terms of Vincent Mann. It's one of the better monuments of the reason why people go back to Brett. It just stands up. It's really timeless, snug, quality, storytelling-based in-ring pro wrestling. You don't have to be deeply invested in the Brett Owen Brotherhood story to understand it within the single confines of a match. Equally, at no point are you watching this feeling like it's fake, so it doesn't patronise your condescending in any way. Kind of like Ben's time, stylistically, I think, compared to some things that people would find fault with in various generations. So it's Brett and Owen for me. But Brian Triple H, Triple H is best at Mania. Yeah, the audience agree with you. 64% of people went for, for Brett and Owen. So that's on the card. Next up, a ladder match. Um, you've either got Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 10 or Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys versus the Hardys from WrestleMania 2000. It's Shawn and Razor for me. Um... Bret Hart was always really livid that Sean kind of claimed ownership of the ladder match in its early years because it was his and he helped gift it to Sean before Sean and Razor. But I think Sean Michaels and Razor Ramon do deserve credit for the way that ladder matches would happen sort of beyond the stampede wrestling backwater Canadian local show version of what they put on. Um, you just did not get stunt bumping in mainstream professional wrestling on that level. You had... Uh, scaffold matches, you had high-risk matches, war games. WWE would very, very occasionally do big spots off steel cages. So it wasn't like things like that from those great heights and that great danger hadn't occurred before. But I'm not so sure there was ever a case, certainly in North American mainstream, where we'd seen it done in such a psychologically sound way because the likes of Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon were involved. Uh, a load of people from back then say that the matches that were on the house shows were even better. That, that's wrestler speak. I'm sure they weren't because the Madison Square Garden mm. venue, the WrestleMania aesthetic contributed to just how massive this felt. Um, but again, to the Bretton Owen point, considering on the same show, it's one that holds up. TLC is this genre-defining and era-defining match, but almost all of the spots within it have also featured elsewhere in matches that I would argue personally are almost as exciting um, Edge and Jeff Hardy's spear from the hanging belt had been done once before, but it was on a Monday Night Raw, and people kind of forget that. And of course, WrestleMania elevates these things. Mm -hmm. and how it fits in is different. But yeah, I think I think you simply can't get one without the other. And I love seeing things elevated, but I'm not sure you ever even get to this TLC without Sean and Razor. It wasn't the TLC. Oh, was it? It the was the 2000 Triangle Ladder Match. Well, that isn't even as good as the no. TLC would argue. I would. I prefer TLC, the original, to Sean Razor, but Sean Razor is better than the Triangle Ladder Match for me. Um, it's absolutely fantastic, and my favorite spot in it to really underscore the fact that the lead, the ladder was an enhancement and not like the. It's the word I'm looking for here, not the cheap stunt thing. That's not the word, obviously. <laughs> uh, the crutch. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. ladder wasn't the crutch. Um, the best spot in that match is Razor clotheslining Sean over that top rope. I've never seen a cleaner, 
going backwards over the top rope to the outside bump in my entire friggin' life. It looks amazing. And the match itself stands up. Um, yep, it has to be the WrestleMania 10 one for me. Sean and Razor Ramon for the ladder match goes on our WrestleMania card. Next up, a women's match. Uh, either what did the fans say? Uh, they went for Edge and Christian and Dudley's and the Hardys, but uh, you get the, the casting vote unless it is a tie. Some anger in the comments for that one then. Yep. Women's yeah. match next. Um, either Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks from WrestleMania 37, Sige, or Lynch versus Flair versus Banks from WrestleMania 32. Um, the, the 32 match is great, and I think that its greatness is brought into focus by the idea that it was the best thing by far on that WrestleMania mm. card, so much so that it's almost grim to be now in 2023 and look back upon what could have been because it should have been so much better. These women should be booked so much better than they are currently. Um, but Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair is a special professional wrestling match, mm. a fantastic story between like Sasha's escape artist, great submission work against Bianca Belair's just invincible power. Um, and that, I, I hate to use the word WrestleMania moment, but Jesus Christ, that hair whip spot oh, is oh. a moment for the ages. It is so unbelievably loud. It's louder than anything that was in the empty buildings for the year and a half prior yeah. to this, um, or the year prior to it. Just a special, emotional, incredibly well-worked match. Um, so it has to be that one for me. Loads of agreement on this podcast. Yeah. No conflict. Um, I remember watching this, and like obviously everybody remembers the emotional moment the two of them shared before the bell even rang, like soaking in the history of all of this. And I think it was... Maybe an emotional time for the whole world because it was his first time that crowds had been back and I was cast back to the last time that Sasha Banks had wrestled in front of a crowd at a WrestleMania and it was when she was binned off in that multi-woman tag match and told WWE to swivel. And I love that years later, she basically forced them to book her in the main event of this show as the defending champion because like talent sometimes is undeniable, mm. as was Sasha Banks and as was Bianca Belair as the person that she was putting over. Both two women that... I think forced their way into this main event because the story was rubbish too and the match had to do so much more heavy lifting than it needed to. If you'd have told a really great story between who's the best wrestler out of the two best wrestlers on the roster, then this match would have had pressure in the first place. But the fact that this had partners that can't coexist and a very unclear babyface heel character mm. in Banks as well, it relied heavily on the wrestling and I think the match had to do so much more heavy lifting than a triple threat match that I love. One of the better triple threat matches to bring to mind from WrestleMania 32, but that had a lot on its side. The trio's storytelling from the prior summer was rubbish. But ultimately, these were the three that mm. that was all about. And pretty much everything from July to WrestleMania was centered on getting to this point. And they were bringing back a belt. And they were getting rid of the Divas Butterfly title. And they were reintroducing the WWE Women's title. So it had a lot of sentiment and storytelling on its side. Something that Sasha and Bianca had absolutely none of. They had to leave it all in the ring. And they did it magnificently. Again, you disagree with our comment section, but you have the casting vote. Ooh. It will be uh, Bianca Bella and Sasha Banks. Uh, 41% of people Sorry. for uh, Lynch, Flair and Banks. We'll move on to a grudge match. One way or another, uh, Shawn Michaels is working double duty on this WrestleMania because <laughs> your grudge, grudge match options are Taker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25, which has obviously been in a lot of conversations recently, uh, and Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, which is WrestleMania 21, of course. Ooh. That's the trickiest one so far. Uh, look, of all the conversation lately about Triple H versus The Undertaker, 
really what I saw Michaels versus the Undertaker. Really want to say this. I'm on the side of the Undertaker. I think that match is a WWE masterpiece. I think it's. I don't, it's my. Fa- it's not my favorite WWE match ever, but I think everybody that thinks it is has the right to that opinion. Mm-hmm. It's right, right up there. It would be bastardized in the years that followed. It borrowed liberally from wrestling that was already out there by 2009 stylistically. So it was far from this like innovation mm-hmm. within WWE. But I just think. Again, we talk about like things holding up, I suppose. It's great to watch two men, and we especially saw this with The Undertaker once Sean had retired, two men that were coming to the end, mm. but kind of almost like embarrassing their peers with their storytelling capabilities. This was one of the last times that Shawn Michaels wasn't doing waiting around for the sake of it. Staring at the hand stuff that he is now very guilty of forcing his talent in NXT to do was once not a cliche, and I think you see that done right here. And you can judge that on the reactions, the feeling of a giant stadium, feeling like an intimate venue, the way that they're reacting to everything. The count-out tease after The Undertaker's dive is one of my favourite streak-ending teases ever. I'll take that over probably 10 different two-count near-falls in Undertaker matches because I remember how I felt mm. in that moment of Shawn Michaels begging for a count-out win and the prospect that this is how the streak ends. The uh, the good versus evil aesthetic was absolutely stunning too. Shawn and Kurt Angle is a lot of people's favourite WWE match ever. Um, Bobby Heenan's. Bobby Heenan's. It was, was Bobby it? Heenan's. Wow. Yeah. It's like it, again, I think for the time, it just looked just a level above a yeah. lot of what other people were capable of. But I remember how Sean and Undertaker made me feel slightly more than I do Sean and Kurt. I love the story beat in Sean and Kurt, where Sean, who was nowhere near the amateur wrestler that Kurt was, but he's accomplished in high school, and he kind of does a little bit at the start, and that just infuriates Angle, who just (laughs) stomps him dry after the fact. And that's like, I loved any glimpse of classic dickhead Sean (laughs) post-2002, because you rarely got it, so that was fantastic. But I remember, again, how I felt more watching the WrestleMania 25 match. It's not even that sophisticated or interesting or unique a story. It's simply two of the very best in WWE history, at the absolute intersection of them being in their physical primes or past it, but knowing every little dark art to just have the audience completely at their will and mercy. And on an execution level, again, I don't think the story's that great. It's a back and forth epic, you know? It's not, it's, it was pretty easy to put together. The execution in that match, like the wedgie choke slams, where it's like he's broken his spine putting him to the canvas, like everything in it looks killer and it was a special match and I think it's helped significantly by the fact that it was in 2009 and virtually everything else sucked, but it has to be 25 for me. The um, the shocked kick-out face sadly peaked with the first use of it and it was in that match. It, ne- it <laughs> yeah. never got better than The Undertaker's That's and we're thing. stuck with it to this day. I think people will forget just how great that match was because it's been cannibalized mm. so much. Well, uh, the audience are in agreement with you. 83% of our votes went to The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 for our grudge match. But will the WrestleMania 25 main event make the main event? (laughs) (laughs) Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, right, a chance for you to uh, arguably redeem yourselves in the eyes of the audience here. That's never going to happen. Your tag team match <laughs> options are TLC2 at WrestleMania 17, or this is just the second second placed uh, voted match the Hardys versus Gallows and Anderson versus the Bar versus Enzo and Cass from WrestleMania 33. It's just no contest for me. Like, I'm not the biggest Hardy Boys guy, I'm just not. Holy hell, it's undeniable the emotional attachment people have to that team. I was one of the biggest pops in WrestleMania history, mm. and I think that it's the most sentimental favorite probably in the entire history of the promotion because if they were there for a full year before that match happened, it's a gentleman's three. It's a gentleman's three mm. of a match. But again, it emotion matters more than stunts, than exhilaration and professional wrestling. But... My God, TLC 2, it's carnage. It's so <laughs> frenzied. It's so exhilarating. It's so violent. It's one of the few matches that you can go back and watch. And if you transplanted it move for move onto, like, a Dynamite in particular, um, no one would bat an eyelid and say, that's a bit old-fashioned. It's unbelievably... It's not, it wasn't even state-of-the-art. It was futuristic. Mm. And the fact that it was so futuristic, and yet it holds up, what, are we now... 22 years removed from it. A masterpiece of a stunt match. TLC 2 with the Hardy Boys entrance from WrestleMania 33, basically. Nah, just, <laughs> just, just TLC 2. TLC yeah. 2 for you as well? It, this is like a match versus a moment, ultimately, isn't it? And like, I feel a bit guilty that I've negged this match, this TLC, in the discussion of the other ladder matches. So I will just say, um, I'm not so sure people hold WrestleMania X7 in such high regard without this, because there was loads of good stuff on that card but it needed a minimum of two matches that threatened to break five stars. Rock Austin was one, and this was the other. I'm surprised this didn't get five. Yeah. 
It was a five for me all day. Don't forget, you got four matches to vote for, uh, the audience had for this, and 85% of yeah. people went for TLC2 for the tag team match. Uh, moving on to celebrity matches now. Uh, your options are Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn from WrestleMania 38, and The Miz and John Morrison versus Bad Bunny and Damian Priest from WrestleMania 37. It feels like there's a bit of recency bias there, but I don't mind that because there has been this trend with celebrity matches over recent years for the celebrities to be good, yeah. and the, the dynamic has shifted a Have little Have they ever bit. been bad? Well, they're not Other bad. Other than Mr. T. Yeah, they're not, like, terribly bad, but often it's the expectation of the celebrity themselves that I think has risen greatly in recent years over how much of an athlete they're supposed to be, the spot they're supposed to attempt, and for that reason, I'm going to go with Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville because Bad Bunny obviously blew us all away with the Canadian Destroyer. So my memory of that match is Bad Bunny working the bulk of it while Damien Priest reached for a tag, which is a weird <laughs> yeah. layout, but it means that he's like, he cared so much about that, and I've, I respect that a great deal, but he cared so much about that that he wanted to try and hang for a few minutes. There's nothing inherently wrong in that, but... The I think Priest had a bad back as well. Did it? So there you go, like, <laughs> Bad Bunny's got to carry the load a little bit. Like, <laughs> there's nothing inherently wrong in that, and obviously the, the Canadian Destroyer spot is something we all remember so fondly, that when he comes back and does that Royal Rumble guest spot in 2022, he's probably the most over guy in that mm. dreadful Rumble. However, Knoxville and Sami Zayn is, to me, probably what you want to lean towards as a celebrity match. Right, all these celebrity things typically start with a bit of something cynical. They've got something to promote a movie, a tour in both of these cases, and they're not they're outsiders to the world. And it's like, right, how do you fold them in and make it feel real? But they folded not just Johnny Knoxville, the guy that was willing to take an awful lot of abuse. They folded in Jackass. So you got Jackass, the movie, done live in the confines of a wrestling match in a way that, in a roundabout sort of way, like, fed Sami Zayn into a storyline that would redefine his entire legacy, basically. He was no lower than he'd ever been, and that came as a result of his defeat, his humiliating defeat yeah. to Johnny Knoxville. There were few people that could have done as good a job as Sami Zayn did, so it's not just Johnny Knoxville that gets applauded, but it's that one for me. I also want to give a nod to John Morrison in that Bad Bunny spot as well. And, you know, it takes certain wrestlers to be able to Canadian destroy themselves. Yes. Um... How do you feel about this one? I think the closest competition to Knoxville Zane as a spectacle is uh, Mayweather Big mm. Show. It's yeah. so good. Sends himself up incredibly well. But it's Knoxville Zane all day for me. I don't think there's any competition. Like, it's not just this incredible fusion of two forms that ultimately belong together in a way that nobody ever conceived. So what a great idea it was. The build was tragic. Like, the build was unbelievably awful for this. Um, but the match itself was fantastic. It wasn't just this great, unbelievable meeting between two mediums. It wasn't just, like, hysterically funny at times. Like, it broke Michael Cole. Like, I'm not the <laughs> Michael Cole guy. I don't even like going, oh, Michael Cole's letting loose. It's like, well, he's letting loose in a sort of, uh, you know, like, the Simpsons room. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Simpsons sort of way. Like, um, with, what's it, Poochie? <laughs> he actually howls and laughter because it's just universe it's like in the universal language of slapstick comedy yeah. doesn't doesn't matter how old you are or how much of a twat you are <laughs> or like pretentious you are it's just universally funny yeah universally funny and there's a technical brilliance of that match as well like Sami Zayn posting for that body slam how has he got himself mm. up for that just sheer genuine pro wrestling genius underpinned it as well Another agreement with our audience there. 48% saying Knoxville and Zane that goes on as our celebrity match on the best WrestleMania card ever. Uh, What's the percentage? Uh, 48, 
24 for the Miz, Morrison, Bunny, Priest. I assume the likes of uh, Mayweather, Big Show, just yeah, missed yeah, out yeah. on this. Uh, moving on to the part-timer slash legends match, Sige. Um, you've got Hulk Hogan versus The Rock from WrestleMania 18 and Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens from WrestleMania last year. Uh, it's Rock Hogan, isn't it? I think it is. It's Rock Hogan. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's vile people all over those two matches. Yeah. Um, but it's Rock Hogan. Like, I will never forget that The Rock is the coolest guy in the entire world. He looked like an asshole in Memphis as Flex Kavanaugh. He looked like a geek in um, the 1996 Survivor Series. Pretty much from when he turned heel, he's never looked, like, nervous or flappable or uncool or just like a regular human being on any waking minute of his life. Hulk Hogan throws him across the ring in a strength strength spot, okay? He does this thing with his muscles where they go like that. They're like, they go <laughs> above his ears because the traps are just... Oh, he's a superhero. The Rock's eye, if you go and watch it, does this... Like, it twitches. Like, I had a nervous twitch in my eye about a couple of years ago when I was stressed in my life. The Rock does that because that is the power of Hulkamania. <laughs> it's genuine pro wrestling magic, and it makes The Rock, like, crap his pants. And then instantly goes, I know how to play this. And then they just kind of change the script. And it's, ever watch it with the volume down, don't. I would never suggest it. I did it as a thought experiment once for, like, two minutes of it. The Actual action is piss poor, <laughs> but never, ever, with the exception of potentially Andre Hogan, has that ever mattered less. Talk me through your experience of, of Stone Cold Kevin Owens. Well, magic. The the nervousness around the fact that he went to the second post to stomp the mud hole, and he's holding on to the rope, and you're thinking, ah, oh, he's right, he's got his shirt and his jeans on, and he's repeating the stomp in the mud hole. Is he going to go to every corner, and is this all we've got? And then everybody's head fell off when he took a suplex on the floor. <laughs> Steve Austin is not just here for a bit of a knockabout, as he's done 100,000 times before. He's here for a goddamn match in the main event of WrestleMania, and he's doing what you kind of always wanted Steve Austin to do, which was take this seriously. The reason he went out the way he did and never never to return, theoretically, was because he did respect it too much. He respected himself. Um, he walked out on offers of matches because there were actual matches. I'm not going to do that, you know. And the fact that he came back and just picked his spot, typically of Stone Cold's instincts, picked his spot, Dallas, Texas, the destination for his return in the main event, not even when he came back years prior in the same building and Shawn Michaels took his shirt off and kind of still focused because, wow, Shawn's in amazing shape. Even that couldn't be Steve Austin's night. So he waited and he got it right and Owens was the right guy. Everything felt magic. Mm. Genuinely, like, turn the clock back magic. Steve Austin remembered that his money-drawing years were not spent being one of the best standout technical wrestlers in the world in WCW, or even being the next big thing who could still gew in WWE before the neck injury. They were brawling in the crowd. They were bringing people into his world, literally, in the crowd, and then pulling them in with his emotions and his facials in the closing sequences with your fez presses and your stunners and the like. It was, it was a perfect Stone Cold Steve Austin performance, but Rock and Hogan is a perfect pro wrestling performance. It's... It probably goes under mention now how vital The Rock's selflessness is to that. Because Steve Austin, speaking of Steve Austin, could have had that match that year and turned it down, knowing that Hogan would do exactly what Hogan did against The Rock. What Steve Austin knew was, deep down, 
I'm not sure I can flip here to make this match make sense. The Rock, like, didn't need to get pinned to put Hulk Hogan over here. He just did what was right and still turned it all the way around to win in the end. Mm. I don't think there's many people... Like, what Hogan did was always what Hogan was going to do, and that reaction was always going to take place, especially in his first WrestleMania back. But I can't think of many others other than The Rock to, like, manage it as well as he mm. did. It's Cody Rhodes' favourite match. Mm. Yeah. It's because The Rock's better than Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's why. Um, so Hulk Hogan and The Rock goes in as our Legends match. 69% of people. Nice. Um, Don't. For that one. <laughs> you thought I was going to be mean, didn't you? <laughs> uh, but Stone Cold still has a chance to make it on the WrestleMania card. Isn't that nice, aren't they? Uh, because your main event options are, and I'm just going to... This is what the guys have voted for. The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin WrestleMania 17 yeah. versus... Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins from WrestleMania 31. It's Austin Rock. Like, it's... Thanks I, for watching. I, uh, <laughs> I don't necessarily agree. I love that match, and it is dampened by the fact that it kind of inadvertently brings to an end the hottest yeah. period in the company's history, and it's reflective of other things at the same time as well. But I, I'm a big supporter of that match. It's the best Austin Rock match, which is some going, you know... the as good as main evented three WrestleManias. Um, the work in that one foreshadows the year that Steve Austin is going to have, even if it tanks the business. Austin was back to his in-ring best, and he wanted, and it wasn't going to last, ultimately, but he wanted to luxuriate in that, and he was able to do it against The Rock. I love how much of a compromise that is of everything that has brought them to that point. You've got the Austin we just talked about in the Owens match when it comes to the brawl in the frenzied chaos of a Steve Austin main event. You've got that um, unbelievable... Like, never give up. It's, the Rock had an understated never-give-up quality that John Cena stole. John Cena put it on T-shirts and rally towels. The Rock just wrestled like mm. it. But it went undermentioned as a babyface because he was the coolest guy in the room. But in those matches, like, in the clinch, The Rock was a fantastic kind of comeback babyface. And as you saw Steve Austin very subtly turning heel and seeing the desperation before the, the Vince McMahon plan was unveiled with the likes of the Million Dollar Dream, with the likes of the weapons shots that he was taking advantage of because a mysterious no-holds-barred rule was put into place that, if you remember, Jim Ross didn't know about, and that was foreshadowing that Austin and Vince were, were in on it from the start. Mm. It was Austin that took advantage of all those things. Then you have the callback to the Bret Hart sharpshooter spot with the blood draining down the rock's face this time and this idea that, ah, oh, the rock is the hero now. Like, they are showing you what Steve Austin is going to do before he actually does it, which is quite nice. And I'm a fan of the finish. Like, I don't obviously like how things go with Austin and Rock, but pulverizing him into a quivering mess with the chair is a tremendous finish. It's better than a single stunner off a Vince McMahon chair shot. The Rock is the Rock. So just because all of us watching and everyone in the building can't quite comprehend that Austin mm -hmm. and McMahon are together, it doesn't mean The Rock isn't gonna is, is gonna sell it as such. He's still gonna be the rock and he's still gonna fight for something. So I really like how violent the finish was in an attempt to get this turnover. On the other hand, Sid, you've got the heist of the century. Yeah, I'm struggling here because I obviously reticent to put over Vince McMahon these days, but the fact remains he was an absolutely incredible TV performer in his reaction to Austin's heel turn, which he had orchestrated with him. Is still a bit, oh, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a monster. Like, he looked like terrified of what he had created. I thought it was very, it was the worst idea WWE ever had that was executed to a level that's borderline genius. However, as a match in itself, 
and as an angle, I think I prefer Heist of the Century because it's a violent crime for like 15 minutes. It's Brock Lesnar at his scariest. Yeah, people and forget I, this bit, don't they? And I find Brock Lesnar at his scariest, just one of the all-time great pro wrestling attractions. I think it's his best individual performance, and Roman Reigns just, he's smiling, but he isn't. But he is, it's like, it's a really compelling babyface, totally unique babyface performance. And frankly... I'm so impressed by it being such a good modern-day WWE angle and idea since there were so few of them in the twilight years of Vince. I'm going to make it interesting, and I'm going to go with 31. Here we go. We've got our first tie, and it's for the main event. 46,000 votes in this, and it goes to The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania 17. There we have it, the best WrestleMania card ever let us know your thoughts in the comment section below or on twitter at what culture wwe well, where was brett and austin all of I should be. Where was that? That's a good, very that, good point. Did that just get the Bretton Austin? Have you slot? just missed it off your notes? I've, I, not as far as I'm aware. Well, it Idiot. goes on. If it's the ultimate WrestleMania card, it goes on, and it's the match of the night. Okay. Wrestling's never been more real than it was in the I two minutes what? where Austin is trapped in that sharpshooter. It's never felt more real. You've than completed that. it. It's the most ever. important match ever. Do you do? We'll put it on the kickoff show. Uh, right. Let us know your thoughts in the comments or on Twitter at What Culture WWE. You can follow all of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at. Don't follow me if you didn't vote for that match. If you do. At Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... Uh, I want the followers. At M Sidgwick. <laughs> Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Enjoy WrestleMania. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for all your votes as well. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.